the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Tuesday the 7th. You're tuned in to Paint Handle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Their talented designers bring to life any concept you'd like to create. So check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. What's going on, fellas? Yo. What's going on? <laughs> Yo. Yo. How you guys doing? Doing good, doing well. Yeah, it was a uh, very nice, well-rested Monday night for me. Got some good sleep, which feels great. And apparently, we might be on the precipice of an all-time mark going down later tonight. Yeah, at 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock. Why do I got to play this Lakers game so late? Like, I get that it's on the West Coast, but we need East Coast bias for games like this. So play it at like 4 p.m. over there, and then we can get it in normal time. So how many points does he need? 36. 36. So let me ask you this question. Uh, Because when I got back... On Saturday to watch the Mountaineer game, you know, I went back to my apartment and tried to flip on the Mountaineer game on Saturday. I couldn't find it anywhere because it had been pushed to ESPN News because they wanted to have LeBron's game on in case he broke the record. Do that, but like, do it. He was what seventy points away from the record. Not LeBron having you never a Kobe know, man. Bryant performance. You never know. So LeBron could take I wasn't one. able to watch the entire first half of the Mountaineer game just in case LeBron had an 80-point game. <laughs> well, at least you didn't have to miss the first half of the game you wanted to watch because of the NFL Pro Bowl games, because of a flag football game. Well, that well, happened to me it, with the Knicks the other day. Well, at least it's not as bad as it was during the uh, like late summer and into the fall when we had Aaron Judge Breaking watch for the judge. 62. Yeah. Like, it just random cutaways. Oh, here's Aaron Judge. He could break it here. Let's see. But like he could... The statistical probability of Aaron Judge hitting a home run in an at-bat is much more higher than LeBron James Go going 70. for 75, Go for 75 points or whatever points. it was. But I think today, definitely play the game at what a was normal it again, 35? 36. 36. Oh, I'm, I'm hammering that under oh. the second the show's over. No really? way. You don't they're think play, he gets it? They're playing the Thunder. He's not getting Dude, it. Dude, I think he gets it. I think he gets it by the end of the third. Not with Pokiasevsky guarding him. Come he's on, he's got it. He's got Dude. it. I think they go on a road trip. You gotta get out of the so analytics, man. Oh, this is in, this is the last game in LA. I yeah. think. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I he's think. gonna force it. Dude, what's his line? He's gonna Hang take. He's, he's gonna, gonna take. It. He's gonna take like forty-five shots in this game. Oh, it's of course, be, it's gonna be disgusting. Duh. Duh, that's what's gonna make it fun. It's like uh, when Curry was trying to go for, uh, or well, not when he was trying, because that was just a game where he went for what, sixty-five or whatever. Yeah, something like that. But they need to play these yeah, games. So, so at find the line because I think I'm going to take the under. Yeah, Thirty-one and a half is the current line. Oh, okay. Never it mind. was thirty-two and a half. It dropped to thirty-one and a half. What's the average? I don't even know. What he, I I'd say probably is. close to thirty. I I, think I, you know, I still think I'm leaning the under. No on way, that. dude. I'll take the over on his shot attempts. I put I put my mortgage on that. Okay, so looking at the schedule for the Lakers right now, Tuesday they host. Well, they host today against Oklahoma City. Thursday they host against the Bucks. Oh, so they host the Bucks on Thursday. On Thursday, yeah, he's going to break it on Thursday. Well, he'll easy. no way. Thirty. He gets thirty six. He can easy, get thirty. He can dude. get thirty six. He gets thirty six so easy tonight. I don't, I don't know. 
And then if, if he doesn't get it there, they're on the road against the Warriors, on the road against the Trailblazers, and then back home the 15th. He breaks it on Thursday, and then he passes the torch to Giannis. That's exactly what happens. That's what the NBA wants. Oh. It's what the world Are you wants. talking scripts? You talking scripts here? Yeah. The NBA <laughs> scripted? Uh-oh. Right. Paul Uh-oh. George reading a script from 2013. Let's get the memes going from the oh, NBA side. Gosh. It is so funny to me how people are taking that seriously, the NFL script thing. It's like, come on, people. Like, I can <laughs> I understand where much. it seems like it's sometimes just because storyline to storylines. But anyways, we'll uh, get back to talking about uh, pro sports after a little while. But let's talk uh, local sports, high school sports, high school basketball is going to be back here on WPM and WCST tonight. And it looks like it's going to be a pretty good one, Martinsburg and Washington. Yeah, I think so, because the implications of this game are massive. And it's kind of funny that we say that about every single game. Let's transport back to a week ago. And here's where everybody thought we were. You know, Jefferson, Hedgesville, uh, and Spring Mills. And then that was it. That was the end of the conversation. These other three teams are going to have fun trying to figure out who the fourth team was going to be. And that was it. Well, then on Friday, Martinsburg nearly knocks off Spring Mills. Right. Hedgesville does knock off Musselman. So all of a sudden, those four and five teams are like, oh, hey, we're pretty good, too. Don't forget about us. We've got deep rosters. Troy Wollaston's come back from Musselman. You know, Shipley's playing really well for Martinsburg. And we've got a really good rotation. Uh, and we've still got a couple of games left to play. And it all comes down to one game, if you will and then just kind of waiting in the wings is this Washington team who's got Dolman who's got a really good score off the bench has got Zimmerman as well as a senior that doesn't want to go out in losing ways uh, and tonight I, I think this is going to keep make the picture even just a little bit clearer if Martinsburg handles Washington then okay you know Washington needs another year to rebuild and they will because they've got some very talented young pieces if Washington keeps this game close and or wins it then the sectional semifinals are going to be unbelievable this year uh, because Musselman playing Washington I uh, you know Jefferson's record is so that they're almost certainly going to get the buy in that section so Washington knows at this point in their season that they have to figure out what they need to do to beat Musselman so they've got the rest of their schedule to prepare for one game which is going to be really fun when it comes along and then you've got Martinsburg playing uh, either a Spring Mills team who they almost beat or a Hedgesville team that's got some blood in the water right now so that's what's at stake tonight you know Washington Washington can prove that they're the sixth team, but the sixth team is just as good as, you know, it's it's better than the sixth team in any other section in the state or any other conference in the state, or they could prove that they need another year. I'm excited to see which it is because we haven't done one of their games since December. I'm excited to see how much Dolman's grown. I think we really like the play of Zimmerman, the big guy they got down low. I'm a big fan of as well, so I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I think Washington's definitely next up with how young they are and how athletic they are. But Martinsburg, they always have that X factor like we saw you know, against Spring Mills, just with athleticism, because that'll take you a long way in high school basketball. And uh, I don't know, I think Hedgesville is still the top dog for me, uh, even with that trip up over uh, the last couple of days, um, getting beat by, was that Musselman, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which... I don't know. I guess good teams are going to lose games sometimes. But, yeah, I think you're right. This is definitely the game for who is, um, I guess, that bubble team right now and who's got the uh, uh, the best thing running. I think so, too. You look at these teams right now, they got two different stories going on. You look at Washington 2-13 and 13 on the season. They, they, you could say if a win here would be a case of, okay, Washington's trying to make some noise right now. The overall record might not say so, but they're getting quality wins late in the season, and it's all about getting hot at the right time for these teams. They get Martinsburg. They're on the season six and ten. A big win here gets them closer to five hundred and making a push. We saw them again, almost upset what a lot of people might think is the number one team in the EPAC right now in Spring Mills. They were inches away, took took them in a tough game. So it's it's an any given night type of thing right now in the EPAC, and you see both these teams going at it. 
Washington's got pieces, like we mentioned before, in Dolman, Martinsburg getting pieces in Avion Blackwood and Zimmerman, all sorts of guys. And it looks like Martinsburg might be getting hot at the right time, too. So I'm excited to see how this one shakes out. Excited to see both Martinsburg and Washington for the first time this season. So it's going to be a fun one. Excited to see these teams tonight. And then we got some Berkeley Spring basketball coming up, too. We do. Yes, the uh, Tribe are in desperate need of a win right now. I think so. They've dropped four straight. They lost against Frankfurt over the weekend. That drops them to 7-10 and 10 on the season. What do you think's happened with them this year? Uh, I mean, I have no idea. I don't know what's happened since... How many times have they had their entire roster healthy for a game this year? That's a great question. Have they had their entire They've had a healthy Tymere for most of the season. Yeah, I think Tymere's only missed one game when he had, I think, had a back injury in that game. I believe against East Hardy is when he had that back injury. But he's only missed one game. But I just... I'm just perplexed what has happened. I mean, Alzler has been out for a lot of the season. Holden Gerson's been out for the majority of the season. So those are two of your starters who started the first game of the season, not in your lineup for the majority of the time. But it's just a case of I don't know how you go from beating Frankfurt by almost 35 to losing to Frankfurt by 10 in a matter of like a month and a half. I'm just perplexed because they're better than Frankfurt. They are. And it's just there. I don't understand why. They are losing these games. I understand two of those four losses, understandable. Hedgesville, one of the best teams in the state. Fort Hill, out of Cumberland, one of the better teams around Maryland area. But, I mean, you have games against Kaiser, you should at least be playing Kaiser close. And then you lose that game by 20-plus points. And then you lose against Frankfurt, a team you know you're better than. And it just it leaves a sour taste in your mouth if you're a Tribe basketball fan. And now you've got an important matchup against Hampshire coming up, and that could be your opening sectional opponent, depending on how things shake up in the rubber match between Kaiser and Hampshire. These are important games that Berkeley Springs has to win here in the last few weeks of the season. they got to right the ship. They were looking at a really good place right now. They had controlled their own destiny going into the road game against Hampshire just a couple weeks ago. Now they're in a spot where you're thinking, are they going to be able to win a game or much less make any sort of noise come sectional time yeah i agree and hopefully uh, they can turn things around over there for the try because uh, it's surprising seeing a um, down berkeley springs basketball team they're usually pretty solid over there with that so uh, that'll be over on 92.9 to be xdc tomorrow and uh, well continuing on with the schedule briefly here on uh, xd or on epm the rest of the week we got pawpaw at east hardy who thought we'd have pawpaw basketball on the radio but uh, it's coming up this week yeah, I'm really excited to link up with Pawpaw again, get to get one of their games on for the first time, and it's going to be uh, a huge matchup because East Hardy's who they'd have to go through if they want to have a chance to make it to Charleston. They got handled uh, at home by East Hardy, so they're looking to return the favor and, and try to at least make that a close deficit and then have an opportunity to match up with them uh, in the, the section of regional final. That comes on Thursday. And then we got another Martinsburg game. We didn't show a lot of love to Martinsburg early, just the way the schedule worked out, but they get more games on here in February. They're taking on Hedgesville on Friday, uh, see if they can uh, slay another giant. You know, Hedgesville, again, looking wounded right now. Uh, Martinsburg looking to try to take advantage and what could be a potential section uh, round one matchup between those two. So that's the rest of our uh, prep basketball schedule on EPM for the rest of the week. Yep, and of course, Shepherd basketball, Mansfield uh, at Shepherd on Wednesday. Bloomsburg coming to town and Westchester coming to, or on Saturday and then Westchester coming to town next week on Wednesday. But we'll step aside, come back with more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCS the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Join the conversation on Twitter at EP News Network. 
Welcome back to Paint Handle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchen and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchenandbath.com on Facebook, on Facebook, or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Ice Winter, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Uh, before we get back into uh, our normal sports talk here, uh, will you guys or would you guys play pickleball? I give it a go. Are you interested in pickleball? Is it? I've played it one time, and it was years ago. It was fun, though. I don't know, man. Because, I, I mean, I see all these tweets like, uh, what, Pat McAfee just tweeted something about it yesterday saying how cool it was. And then, of course, you see uh, all these tennis courts turned into pickleball. I don't. I that's mean, the tragedy of it. I mean, that's what like, I'm saying. Tennis is fun. I've tennis played a lot awesome. of tennis. Tennis is fun. Let's not, let's not sacrifice these tennis courts to play pickleball. I, I mean, what's so much fun about pickleball? It doesn't look like you got to move around too much. I mean, I get that it's kind of like. It's like slightly bigger ping pong. It's like 2v4, yeah. 2v2 ping pong. A wiffle ball. Like, what? I don't know. Uh, call us if you uh, are a pickleball. I know we got a pickleball scene out here, a pickleball community, especially in South Berkeley. Give us a call, 304-263-4321. I mean, I get that, uh, it, hey, any way to get you out and get active, uh, I'm for it, whether it's you know, walking or playing pickleball, but I don't necessarily see what the uh, big deal is about it. Uh, call us, 304-263-4321. Uh, before we get into... Well, talking about the uh, national sports scene and getting back into LeBron and whatnot, let's talk about some offers because Washington's Chase Crutchley uh, gets an offer from West Virginia Wesleyan yesterday. Yeah, it was cool to see. You know, Crutchley got off to a slow start to the season. Obviously, it wasn't the year that Washington wanted, but he picks up this offer from Wesleyan. I think Wesleyan's in a good spot in terms of the players that they're trying to bring in. We talked about Tanner Matthew the other day. I thought it was a really good addition for them. If they can get in-state guys that trickle through the cracks of the top Division two programs by, you know, kind of uh, showcasing how good of an academic school that Wesleyan is, which it is. Had some friends go there. They're brainiacs. Um, if they can kind of corner that market of those in-state players that are good enough to play at an average to above-average Division two level that want to go there because of the academics and you put some scholarship money behind it, then that's what it's going to take to save that program uh, because they have not been very good for a while. And Crutchley's versatile. He can play all over the field, so I'm excited to see where he plays. How quick until uh, Coach Ray's got them into a playoff team? <sighs> that's a great question. I got two years. Two Two years for a playoff team for Washington? Yeah. I don't know. I, it's he's going to get him into that spread and like uh, West Coast, if you will, offense, and they're going to tear it up. It's difficult because I was a fan of what Coach Simpson was doing. It just it was hard to get everybody. I don't know. It was. I think he needed more time with the core that he had. The problem is when you change an ideal. Uh, I don't know. You completely rip out the scheme and go in a completely different direction. I think it's going to be a very slow year this first year for Washington mm-hmm. while they try to figure it out and then try to get you know the right players in the right places. So how long does it take for him to build up? You know, because first you have to start from scratch because like we said, he's going with a completely different scheme uh, and then try to build up. So how quick is that slope going to rise? I think it's going to take at least a year. And also, what who do you think takes the biggest fall this? year in uh, the football around here because there were a couple of pretty uh, senior heavy teams with a lot of really good senior players that will no longer be in the program. So you think takes the biggest drop? Now, I think it's Martinsburg? Well, Martinsburg always reloads. But yeah. Now, looking at it at the naked eye, before we discussed Ray Adamas leaving for VMI, I would have said Musselman mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but Coach Thomas told us he's got a bunch of these guys coming back. Well, of he's, course he did. He's excited for looking that way. <laughs> well, I, I understand that. You got you to pump up the program. To, if you I lose, well, you lose Williston, you lose Adamas, and you yeah, lose, lose Peyton Hart. You lose your best defender, yeah. your quarterback, and your number one wide it, receiver. I like the guys that they have depth wise at the receiver position. I like uh, specifically Logan Shelton and Braden Miller are both back. Mm-hmm. You get good pieces from your offensive line back. Their defensive tackles name escapes me. Uh, numbers and was in the sixties. Played a really well, good season. Was also a senior. James Carmichael. 
so that was their second. Money Penny's a senior as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. A, I don't remember. Skaggs is definitely a senior. Skaggs is senior. starting safety. I think Kobe Money Penny was a senior. Uh, so the easy answer, just based on what they lost, is Musselman. Uh, because Jefferson still got their quarterback back. Yep. Mus- Martinsburg's got one of their two quarterbacks back, <laughs> and they've got Jameer Hunter. Uh, Ruest oh, is back. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about Washington, and they can't really have much worse of a season than they did last year. And Spring Mills, we keep talking about that team on the rise. So I think the easy answer early on from a personnel standpoint is Musselman. But if you were to ask the question a step further and say, okay, we looked at 2024 or 2023, who's going to be the biggest riser in 2024? I think that goes back to Musselman because I think that the current core that they have would need a year to be successful. I think next year they could be Spring Mills. And if Musselman, in theory, and I don't say, I'm not saying they would, Coach Thomas, we love you. If they're the worst team in the EPAC, that's a pretty good, bad, worst team to have. That's a really good floor. Because Musselman could still win four games without a problem next year. Same as Washington had two games to begin the season that didn't go their way. You know, they blew that lead against Hedgesville, and then they lost on a field goal to Spring Mills. If they win those games, they're 4-4 four and four at one point in their season, have a chance to win their fifth game and get into the postseason. So I expect that to be the same next year. I think with Hedgesville, too, you could point the finger and say maybe this is another team that could take a step back next year, too. I mean, you lose Ruess, you lose Tanner Matthew. You're going to have to really depend, I think, on DeMonte Martin to be a number one wide receiver and see how he develops into that system, which he's got two more years. And I, I've praised DeMonte Morton a lot. I really like his game. I really like his the way he moves. I'm excited to see him next year. How, how is Hedgesville going to respond to one of the more successful seasons they've had in a long, long time in that program? We've praised Coach Faircloth and his ability to build that program from pretty much what was the ground up and get them to a playoff spot in just a matter of a few years. Are they going to be able to maintain that momentum? And the EPAC just keeps getting tougher and tougher every single year. So I think Musselman off the cup is the is the answer you would point to. I think Hedgesville also wouldn't be a bad answer to say maybe they take just a slight step back. Mm-hmm. Maybe because they t- lose the twins or the brothers. Yeah, but the Faircloth's yeah. gone. Well, one of the one Faircloth's gone. Yeah, yeah, one of them's and, gone. And uh, Xavier Kirk's coming back at the receiver position. I like him a lot. That too. So they need well, some, their quarterback behind Ruest. Dalton Harper, the guy oh, that right. threw that that's game, right. uh, that threw the, yeah, not threw Ruest. the game, <laughs> that won the game, that threw the ball to Ruest against yeah, Spring Mills. Right. So Harper, if he can... He's one of those guys that you can tell is going to be really good. He just needs to get bigger because he has a hard time gripping the football. So once he, you know, you know, that's why well, I wasn't like, a quarterback either. <laughs> that's why. That's why none of us were quarterbacks. If <laughs> no, being honest with ourselves, I needed here. two hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're right, Parker. I mean, EPAC football, the football in the Panhandle in general has gotten so so good. And I think with the, you know, with how the schools are starting to spread out now and the the wealth of talent to start to spread out is what's making it harder and harder because don't forget about spring mills i mean they're coming up the pike uh, as quick as uh, anybody you know and of course you got your martinsburg your musclemans washington's right there so it's uh the what the parody in the epac or the panhandle for football is uh is definitely something to keep an eye on this coming year and if they end up passing that bill where uh kids can transfer and then immediately play and that opens, turns that turns the panhandle on its head i think it opens everything if that happens. And I want to remember this as well from last season. A couple ticks, and we're talking about Hedgesville and Spring Mills trading places right now. It's another thing I want to bring up because that, that was arguably, you could say that might have been game of the year between at least the two of the EPAC teams that we have for football this season between Spring Mills and Hedgesville. It was an exciting game. And if, that, if Spring Mills wins that one and they don't get the two-point conversion, you're looking at a win and get in scenario against university at the end of the season, which maybe that changes things, maybe it doesn't. But 
you look at it and you say, well, maybe Spring Mills would have been that team if this tick would have happened. Or if, let's just say, if Washington beats Hedgesville week one, maybe Washington gets a couple games under their belt and they're a five-win team and on the precipice of getting into the playoffs. There's a couple number of these ticks and moments, and that's why that's what I love about this conference so much is because every single game, if one thing happens here, it completely changes the landscape, and that's really cool to see. Well, we're going to hit this next break. Coming up after the break, we're going to get back to talking about some EPAC basketball. Coach Basile from Musselman is going to be uh, joining the line. And then after that, I want to start talking about the Super Bowl and Super Bowl betting. Because I see here on the thing where it says, <laughs> survey says uh, 50 million people will bet $16 billion on the Super Bowl. So I want just in the U.S. I should right, put that in. Right. So I want to know what your bets are out there for the Super Bowl. We'll get a, a preview to Parker's picks. Maybe get a, a Super Bowl preview from, from him before we get his picks for today. But the call line, 304 263 Four three two one. Start thinking about what your Super Bowl bets are, and uh, if you want to share them, uh, you can do so. But we'll be talking to Coach Basile first on Panhandle Sports Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Mix up your sports coverage with Panhandle Sports Live, heard on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And joining us on the line is Musselman Head Basketball Coach, Coach Basile. How you doing? Good, guys. How you guys doing this morning? Doing all right. Appreciate you taking a little time this morning to chat with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, how you feeling so far? We're about, what, three quarters of the way, maybe a little bit more through the season. Uh, you feeling good so far? Well, you know, we had a we had a rough start. You know, we started zero and four, and then we uh, and then we were two and seven. Um, so I wasn't feeling great then, but uh, you know, since then we've we've kind of rebounded, and uh, we you know we've uh, got a couple guys back from injury, and uh, you know, I think we're playing pretty well right now. Uh, well, those last four games specifically, coach, you're able to win three consecutive conference games, and the one in the middle that you dropped to university still came down to the wire. Uh, what's been the difference? We'll talk about Wollaston's addition back to the lineup here in a second, but on top of that, beating Martinsburg, Hedgesville, and, and Washington, what's kind of been the difference top to bottom in your squad uh, from getting these results as of late? Well, I think our kids have just really bought in the concept that, you know, we're going to win on the defensive end of the floor. Um, you know, we're, our defense has been much, much better the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, we've had some, we, you know, we've, we've tinkered with the lineup a little bit. We brought up uh, Colton Shelton, who's a freshman. He's done a real nice job for us at, at the point guard position. We switched some people around. So even the games that Troy wasn't playing, um, I thought we had some guys step up and were able to, to get a couple wins there when he, when he still wasn't in the lineup. And that was important for us because we kind of kind of needed it. We were struggling. Um, so, you know, Colton's done a real nice job. Um, we we've kind of we moved Logan Shelton and, and Jason Gordon to the bench and bringing them off the bench. They've given us a little bit of a spark off the bench, and you know, so it's been a it's been a kind of a combination of everything. But you know, we told our kids all along, you know, the de- the defensive end of the floor is really important to us, and, and we got to play well there. Well, I did want to ask you about the both of those Sheltons then, because you mentioned you bring up Colton, who's just a freshman. Logan uh, was one of your top facilitators to begin the season, runs the floor really well, like you said, uh, now has a little bit more of a sixth or seventh man role. And I was really impressed uh, in that university game against some of that pressure that you guys saw uh, with Colton's ability to break that pressure uh, as just a freshman. So, I mean, those are kind of your, your, your two kind of primary ball handlers there now, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Colton has a good feel for the game. He doesn't doesn't do anything really real flashy, uh, you know, stays within himself. And that, that kind of takes Logan off the ball. Logan does facilitate well, and he, he's a good passer. So, 
it gives us another ball handler along with, you know, Nate White has played some point guard for us as well. So now we sort of have three ball handlers in the game where I think we were, especially in the beginning of the year, we were struggling with the basketball and not, not making the greatest decisions. So uh, that's kind of um, kind of calmed the water there. And, Coach, you pulled off a phenomenal win over the weekend. Last time going up against Hedgesville, big win, 56-47. to Take me through what was really – what switch was flipped in your team to pull off a big win against what a lot of people are thinking is a top-10 team in the state right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I do consider, you know, Hedgesville a top-10 team. They're, I think they're very good. And they, they have a lot – we have some matchup issues with them because they're, they're very good with the ball and they shoot the ball very well. I thought our guys just stayed locked in defensively. Um and then, you know, Hedgesville does a – they don't – they take away your transition opportunities. So I thought our guys did a real good job in the half court of being patient, moving the basketball, and cutting. And we, we were able to find some cracks in their defense, and it's not easy to do because Hedgesville plays terrific defense. So we were able to get some easy baskets there, especially in the second half, and that really helped preserve that win. Well, Coach, you got Spring Mills coming up next on your uh, schedule. And a little bit earlier in the show, we were talking about how good the EPAC and the Panhandle in general is this year uh, at all schools. And, uh, you know, there's really not an easy game on the schedule. So, uh, kind of talk about how that's changed over the years, how it's gone from just, I would say, Musselman, uh, Hedgesville, Martinsburg being kind of your big three to now Spring Mills also being, you know, a top 10, top 15 team in the state. You got Washington that's on the come up slowly but surely. Uh, so, how's it kind of spread out? The wealth is spread out uh, over the years here in the Panhandle. Well, I think you're right. I think that uh, it really has spread out. Um, you know, I think everybody has uh, everybody has some good players. Um, all the coaches do a nice job with the teams. I don't think there's an easy game in the Eastern Panhandle. I think any given night, anybody could beat anybody. I think I said that at the beginning of the year. And I believe that. You know, the uh, the day after we played Hedgeville, Washington came here and, and played us really tough. You know, we were able to we were able to pull out an 11 or 12 point win. But you know, they were they were right there. So. Everybody gets up for one another. Uh, there's no easy nights, so you really have to prepare uh, each and every night, or um, you're going to take a loss for sure. Well, Coach, looking at your roster now, like we said, obviously Troy Wollaston gets instituted back into the starting lineup coming back from that injury. Uh, we talked about it in the preseason, like how long you guys are going to be. You know, Gordon six foot two. I really like the game of Matt Mahood inside. I know Andon comes off the bench as well, some good length at the center position. Uh, do you think that that's becoming more and more of an advantage getting Wollaston back into the lineup? That you've got maybe arguably more traditional post players than the rest of the Panhandle combined because it's such a guard-driven conference. Yeah, I, I told our kids, you know, we're, we're really an old-school basketball team. You know, I guess I'm an old-school coach, I guess, because we, we're more of a pound-the-ball-inside type of, type of team. Everybody in the Panhandle is a three-point shooting team. I mean, you know, these guys, some of these guys, they'll shoot 33 the night. We'll shoot three. Um, so we are, a, we are a pounded inside team. Our, our big guys have done a good job. Troy is – you know, coming back into the mix really helps us. He's a he's a true center. Him and Andon, they're true centers. Um, he's more of a power player, where Andon's more of a finesse guy. Um, but you know, Willison does such a good job of passing the basketball. He's a terrific passer, probably the best passing big man we've had since Jake Stevens. Um, so you know, he does a lot of things for us. But you know, Andon can go in there and do some things. He he did a ter- does a terrific job as a freshman. You know, really filling in when Troy wasn't there, and and Matt can go inside and score the ball. Uh, he does, has done a very nice job for us this year. I believe he's leading us in scoring. So, and he plays on the perimeter some, but he will certainly go in there and post it up. So we have we have a couple different threats in there. So it's, it's a nice thing to have. Well, well, Coach, since you brought it up, I, I did want to ask about Jake Stevens. Then, have you been able to keep up with his career and kind of the player that he's turned into? 
Oh yeah, you know we all get to you know I got the ESPN Plus, so I got to see a lot of <laughs> a lot of Chad New, a lot of VMI games, a lot of Chad New games, and you know then uh, you know touch base with Jake every once every every week or two, and you know he's got a, an injury to his hand right now that, that he's out right now, but you know when that last year when he went into the to the portal and you know you're talking to some different colleges, different colleges, you know we're, we're in contact with me, so you're kind of going through that recruiting process again. A little bit with him was was kind of fun, and um, yeah, we certainly kept touch. Jake was a was a real special player here for us. And coach, I know the mantra is always for one game at a time for you, but I look at your schedule right now coming up in a, next week. You got Washington on the fourteenth, Jefferson on the seventeenth. Those are two sectional opponents for you back to back. How really important is that stretch? Then afterward, you got University and the return trip on the road that next week too. How important is that end of season stretch for you guys to get hot at the right time? Well, you know, I think like like you said, you want to get hot. You want to be playing well at the right time. I think we're playing well right now. We just want to try to keep that up. You know, um, you know whether it comes with wins and losses. We just we want to be playing well at the end. There's no there's no gimmies on that schedule left. Uh, you know, I think we have to play every night. You know, we have this Friday we have uh, Spring Mills, and Saturday we have Elkins, who's a very nice team coming in here. Um, so. You know, we got to take them like I know it's the cliche. You got to take them one game at a time, but we really do. And um, like I said, we just you, you wanted that trajectory to just keep going up, and that's what we're trying to trying to get to. Then when we get into that tournament play, hopefully we're playing our best basketball. Well, Mossman Coach Basile, thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Well, let's uh, start transitioning to football now. Back to uh, the Super Bowl. Of course, you got the Eagles and the Chiefs coming up. Uh, the Chiefs, winners of their last five coming into the Super Bowl. And then the uh, Eagles, of course, winning in the playoffs, but losing uh, two of their last five. So uh, I want to start talking about Super Bowl bets. Give us a call, 304-263-4321. Uh, what are your bets now? It's an interesting one. I think this one's pretty much a pick em, honestly. Over-under set at 50.5. It's a one-and-a-half-point spread for uh, either team. Uh, at this point, I think you literally can flip a coin and just whatever it lands on could be your winner. Yeah, I think so, too. This is a tough one to call. I mean, you look on paper, I, I like a lot of the things that the Eagles bring to the table as much as that pains me to say it. They're they're a great team. I think they got trenches-wise that you could argue they have the best offensive and defensive trenches in the NFL right now, and that's how Howie Roseman's built that Philadelphia team. He always drafts trenches. You see guys like Brandon Graham, he was a first-round pick. Fletcher Cox, first-round pick. Landon Dickerson was a second-round pick just a year ago, and he's transitioned well into guard and can play center. They draft guys like Jason Kelsey. They draft guys all over those trenches. That's how they build that team. So I love Philadelphia's trenches. The The growth of Jalen Hurts that from last year to this year has been amazing it's been phenomenal what they've done with him they're a really good team overall the secondary is great you got arguably the best corner duo in the nfl and darius lay and james james bradbury chauncey gardner johnson has played out of his mind this season he's been a fantastic get in that trade with new orleans and you got pieces all over that team that are just problems four guys with 10 plus sacks that's insanely rare i don't think that's ever been done in a season but you got the chiefs you got the best quarterback and arguably the best player in football in patrick mahomes you got guys like Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the league, and you got pieces all over this team. I think I think the experience for the Chiefs might be what puts them over the top, which they're underdogs right now at a point and a half. But I'm I'm picking Chiefs. I think this is the time for Patrick Mahomes to say, Okay, this is my NFL now, now that Brady's completely gone. And for him to win a second Super Bowl would be that statement to the league saying this is his league. But you have a team in the Eagles that is not going to be a pushover. They're gonna be a tough team and it's gonna to be tough to see. Betting wise, I mean I want to say the 
I don't know, actually. Now, how much of a factor do you think Mahomes' ankle is? I think he's healthy. You I think, think I think he's good to go. I, I think at this point that extra week of rest is going to help it. I think he should be as back to normal as he can be. Travis Kelsey, of course, had the back spasms going on that week of the conference championship game. That should probably be taken care of by now. Just some stretching and stuff should get that taken care of. I'm seeing some uh, – I'm looking right now at the lines for Super Bowl stuff. Some of the suggested lines right now. I want you guys' thoughts on this. So, someone has Chiefs to win, Kelsey anytime touchdown, Mahomes over 292.5 passing yards, and Isaiah Pacheco over 46.5 rushing yards. Thoughts on that? I don't really like touchdown scores, especially in the Super Bowl. But other than that, I'm a big fan of that line, yeah. Because I also favor the Chiefs in this game. I was looking at some of their alternative spreads. Uh, and, like, I would take Chiefs minus six right now because I'd expect them to win by a touchdown. I don't know about a touchdown. Just Philadelphia is so good. Just also, isn't Kansas City wearing white? Yeah. Isn't the team that won, Usually won white won six of the last eight Super true. Bowls? They've won – I was trying to look it up. 36 of the 56 Super Bowls have been won by the team wearing white. So hmm. there you go. But the weird thing is the teams that have won with the dark uniforms have wore green both times. Mm. They were the Eagles. Oh, I true. See. I forgot that they're just coming off a couple Super Bowls there. Now, the real question is the prop bets coming into <laughs> uh, the halftime show. What do you think the first song Rihanna sings is coming out for the halftime? The first one, period? First song. First song for Rihanna. Ooh. Don't stop the music. No way. No chance. There's no chance. What's her most popular she's song gonna, She's going to save Umbrella for the end. That's what I'm thinking. She's all, I, you know what? I think that there's a, an audible to Umbrella. No, wait. Where's the Super Bowl? Uh, Miami, right? Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, so it's in a dome. I was going to say, she can't do like the Purple Rain Prince where if it rains, we've got Umbrella on deck. I don't think she'll do that in an indoor stadium, if I'm being completely honest with you. Mm, here, let me look real quick. But you can call us, 304-263-4321. Let us know uh, what your Super Bowl picks are this coming year because like uh, we were saying, apparently uh, 50 million people, this just in the U.S., 50 million people will be betting $16 billion dollars uh, on this year's Super Bowl, which uh, I definitely, well, I'll be adding a little bit, but not not enough to really uh, move the needle <laughs> on 50 or $15 billion. Uh, but also, uh, what about the national anthem? I'm taking the over on the anthem. Over on over. the anthem? I've got a good feeling. What is it? Well, who's singing it this year? I don't know who's singing that. I'm, I've got a good feeling about the over on the anthem this year, guys. So her number one song, Rihanna's number one song, is Lift Me Up from the Black Panther soundtrack. Uh, but other than a non-soundtrack song, is uh, Love on the Brain. I don't think she's going to do that during the Super Bowl, is she? No way. We found love. That'd be a good Oh, one. okay. So Chris Stapleton is supposed to be singing the national anthem. Over. You, th- you think he goes over? Over Chris Stapleton on the uh, <laughs> national anthem. Then you got the coin toss. I mean, I love the prop bets are my favorite part. Uh, of the Super Bowl, of the Super Bowl. But give us a call three zero four two six three four three two one, and let us know what your picks are. We'll come back and get Parker's picks for today, and uh, we'll wrap things up on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP News Network. Welcome back. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchen Debat. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchendebat.com. On Facebook, or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Give us a call, 304-263-4321. Let us know what your Super Bowl picks are. And Parker, I don't have your uh, uh, intro up. I apologize. But uh, what are your picks for today? So yesterday, if we take a look, it was a perfect run yesterday. So if you copied, congratulations. We had the Clippers beating the Nets as yesterday's lock of the day. That game went down to the wire, but the Clippers hung on to that one, 124-116. to 
had the Cavs beat the Wizards 114 to 91 in that matchup, and then we had the Bucks beating the Trailblazers late last night 127 to 108. Now looking into today's picks, got a little bit of a mixed bag for today. Of course, today's lock of the day. We alluded to it earlier in our show. We have I got LeBron going over the 31 and a half points. I think he I think there's a good shot he gets it tonight. I think it's going to be it's been hyped up. It's been brought together. I was watching. I got my hair cut yesterday, so I was watching <laughs> the uh they had an ESPN uh the inside the NBA, their ESPN show for the NBA. They had a whole sit down with him and Michael Wilbon talking about everything. So I'm thinking, okay, they they're they're hyping it up right now. I feel like it's they're prepping for it to happen tonight. I think he goes over tonight. Also, I think the Knicks beat the Magic tonight. I was surprised that was a one-and-a-half-point spread. I asked you this morning, is somebody not playing? You said maybe R.J. Barrett, depending on things. But I think Tom Knicks, Thibodeau hates him. That, that <laughs> might be it. But I think the Knicks beat the Magic tonight. I think the Knicks are playing really good basketball right now, and they keep the momentum going. And then also I have UVA beating NC State, who is ranked in the men's poll, for, I think, for the first time this season. But – I think UVA is going to take it out on NC State tonight. They had a bad loss against Virginia Tech over the weekend. That's a big rivalry down in the in the state down south. So, it's I think UVA takes it out on NC State tonight, especially when they're back at home. I think that's a I think that's a good go for tonight. So again, today's lock: LeBron hits over the thirty-one and a half points. And realistically, if you want to go thirty-five plus points, I don't blame you there. I think that might be a good play as well. Next, beat the Magic and UVA beats NC State. Well, give us a call. Let us know your bets, either for the Super Bowl or whatever action you got going on today. 304-263-4321. Got a caller on the line. Uh, WEPM, who's this? This is David. Hey, what's up, Dave? You got any bets going on today? Uh, today? I haven't really looked at everything yet today, but I'm talking Super Bowl bets. I'm getting ready to leave the town in a couple of days, going to a state that doesn't have it. So I think I'm going to put in the over for sure for the game. I want to see points. I'm going to be watching the game in an airport. So oh, I hate that, be fun. Ooh, I hate that, man. So you're going to tell everybody around you and you're at your gate to not spoil anything so you're going to be late on the stream? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hey, what do you got on uh, the halftime show? What do you think Rihanna comes out to first? Oh, I haven't even thought about that. It better be Ponder Replay, though. Oh, Ooh, I didn't even think of Ponder Replay. What a shout. That's a good shout. So got, a good shout. Then the other one we were talking about earlier was uh, the uh, National Anthem. Chris Stapleton singing, is singing the National Anthem over under. I think it's like it's two and under. a half minutes, right? Is what it normally no, is. Uh, no, it's I think it's two on the for dot. Like three usually. or four years in a row. So you got the under for the uh, national anthem. I'm not sure. I think he's going to play it really slowly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen a, I haven't seen any uh, any any lines yet for it. But now you know, I mean, I'm thinking. Now you know, Chris Stapleton loves to extend those stuff out from all his stuff. Yeah, he, he has cool. a lot of long songs. We're gonna have Airport Dave getting hype here <laughs> with the stopwatch about two fifteen on the stop. He's gonna lose his mind. I'm here for it. Hope, hopefully, yeah, the plate's um, got good Wi-Fi for gonna you. Be very confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, appreciate the call, man. All right, take care, guys. Thanks. And you can call us 304-263-4321. Let us know what you got uh, bet-wise for the Super Bowl. Hopefully you're not watching it in an uh, airplane or an airport like uh, Dave will be. Or if you got any action going today, let us know as well. 304-263-4321. Uh, real quick, want to circle back to high school basketball. we got the Parmar shootout going on uh, down in the southern part of the state. Jefferson down there, but they lost their first game uh, to South Charleston. But they got another game today, 430 against GW. Yeah, I'm excited. They dropped that one yesterday. They couldn't hit shots in the first quarter. Order. We tweeted out the link uh, for the stream. Jeff Jenkins was on the call, and you can find the highlights that were edited together by Joe Bricado of West Virginia Metro News. We just tweeted those out as well, but uh, hoping Jefferson gets back to winning ways. Definitely so, and I was looking at some more of the uh, historical lines for the Super Bowl, too. 
Four the last four Super Bowls, the under has been hitting. I'm taking the over. You think you this got, one's got to be an over with these two offenses? Got to be right. Well, that's what I thought when the Rams and the Patriots played each other, and they had a snooze fest. So it was Jared Goff. Yeah, that's fair. Well, yeah, it's not Pat Mahomes and it's two and MVP candidates. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jared I mean, Goff can't spell his own name. Well, here's the thing too. Like the last G O L F, right? <laughs> Jared Goff. The last two Super Bowls, too, I thought was going to be shootouts. Chiefs and Bucks. I thought that was going to be fireworks. That one only ends up being thirty-one to nine. And then, of course, with Rams and Bengals, I'm thinking, okay, everyone's going to go crazy. Cooper Cup's going to score a bunch. Jamar Chase is going to be all over the place. T. Higgins is going to go all over the place. That one's only ended up being twenty-three to twenty. So I, I'm not too sure. My only worry is the defense. I think for Philadelphia, kind of limits the Chiefs up, and it may be like be a twenty to seventeen type of game, or maybe something like that. I'm not too sure, but you, but that is statistically saying the over has hit four straight years. So I don't know if that means the over is due to hit because the over hasn't hit since 2017 in the New England Philadelphia Super Bowl. Which, oh, funny enough, Philadelphia in the Super Bowl again. There was the last over that hit, so that might be the case. Shout out to Big Appendage Nick. What a, what a Super Bowl that was. Big Appendage Nick. Big Appendage Nick. Man, I feel like we should bleep that out. <laughs> My gosh, <laughs> that feels like something we should talk about on Friday, not there a, you go. Not That's a, a Tuesday. I'll tell you what, Ponda replayed. That was a good what a, pool. What a What a pool for the uh, Rihanna thing. But I did see where everybody was talking about the Grammys were done, so now it's Rihanna week and not even Super Bowl week. People are more excited for her halftime show than they are for I'm the game. I'm excited for it. I'm not so am I. Dude, I couldn't care less about the Super Bowl with the two teams. Although I did see where, you know, they do those uh, kind of fan graph things where it'll show like what part of the country's rooting for who. And they had this whole area, the whole Mid-Atlantic rooting for the Eagles, which has to be wrong. No chance. There's no chance. There's no way DC anywhere in and around the metropolitan area DC is rooting for the Eagles for or Philadelphia for anything, let alone for football and the Eagles, but uh Baltimore there's no way either. But um oh, speaking of which, we didn't talk about this yesterday. Did you guys watch any of that Bullies of Baltimore documentary? So that came out right after because yeah. I saw it was funny. I was thinking Jordan's having a great night cuz the next oh, one yeah, and then oh, that, yeah. that Baltimore. except for that bet, except yeah, that parlay exactly. didn't hit. That kind of damper. I, I turned it off. I I, did, I didn't want to stay up for it. It was I, unbelievable. I heard it was good. It was unbelievable. If you can get, uh, I think I got, I'm sure it's online somewhere. You can watch it. Uh, Blues of Baltimore talking about that 2000 uh, Ravens team with the worst offense of all time for the first like five weeks of the year, but the best defense ever. Uh, but and it's crazy to watch those because it's. It, I mean, theoretically, wasn't that long ago, right? That season uh, and the way that they were hitting back then. Oh, this the football is so much different now. And uh, uh, they said at one point they were like, we we're not. We're not too impressed by the quarterbacks now because they don't get hit. You know, if you, if I'm not getting hit, you know, it's a lot easier to make plays. Well, the plays that they do. Mark Bulger would have won two MVPs if he would have played in this era. Yeah. I mean, oh come my on. gosh. Yeah. Kurt Warner would have put up five thousand yards if they didn't have to get hit like they did back then. I mean, dudes were just <laughs> those hits were crazy. Look what happened to Pat White. They're crazy. Pat White dude. would be Lamar Jackson if he played in this era, <sighs> but he he got killed by the Steelers. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, do you mind for 30 seconds, if you don't mind, a yeah. local baseball plug because baseball is oh, coming yeah, along. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, shout out to Baseball in the Mountain State with this assist on this one. Wanted to talk about some local players playing. Colin Horowitz in junior college and Sam Wasino got off to a good start. Chase Herndon from Spring Mills, three for four with two RBIs. Come West on. Virginia Tech's already playing baseball. Ugh. And oh Shepard alum Jared Carr won the Australian Baseball League with the Adelaide Giants. So we got to get that in there. Love Man. that. Little, yeah, little, little dude, local baseball. Action. Baseball in the north in this area this time here is the worst. It's, just, it's disgusting. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. I played in more exponentially more uh, baseball games in the snow than I did ever for football. 
ever. Maybe that's just because I was on bad teams and we weren't playing deep enough into the year to play in any snow. But <laughs> It's all fun and games, too. You're sliding in snow into third base. Oh, dude. Or you're like huddling uh, around all of each other in the dugout trying to stay warm because it's two degrees and it's <laughs> windy. And you go up to hit and you literally can't feel your hand. If you're not catching or pitching, you're screwed. I mean, oh, you have, you have no, no way of moving around. Oh, I'd stand out there in the outfield or at first or anywhere and be like, oh, this would be awful. And then a ball gets hit to you and you have, you're expected to make a play. Like, what? Yeah. what? Uh, but speaking of baseball and Shepard baseball they get their season started on the 17th down in hartsville south carolina so they're getting out of the uh, cold weather for uh well a good part uh, all the way till 26 but they start off against coker i believe is how you uh, pronounce that then uh got newberry uh on the 17th as well in a double header so we'll keep an eye on shepherd baseball throughout the season but that does it for us if you missed any of the show you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our panhandle news network facebook and spotify page for parker and luke i am jordan we got panhandle live next have a good one we will talk to you tomorrow WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.